Welcome to the Foolish Adventure Show, where guru hype is banned, lifetime value of a customer is king, and the internet business has replaced the J-O-B as the path to financial success and personal freedom. Now, here's straight talk about making a living online with your host, Tim Conley. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Foolish Adventure Show. I'm your host, Tim Conley, and we are bringing you some internet business radio with my guest co-host, Yuan Woods. What's up, Mr. Woods? What's up, Tim? How are you? Man, I am... I'm actually just really excited to get going here. We, we just got off of this really cool mastermind call uh, that we do each week, and yeah. and so so that just gets me jazz. Like I getting to hear like uh, really smart people doing really cool things. Uh, that always gets me really excited about uh, talking about business stuff. Yeah, and you know me, I'll talk for hours about business stuff. <laughs> I do know this. I have a, I have firsthand experience, Tim, of you talking for hours. I think um, our record Skype call. I think I kept track of it for a while. I think we were up to like five hours or something like that, <laughs> continuously talking. Um, it didn't feel like five hours, though. Maybe that's a plus. Um, but it was five hours. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just that's just crazy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I. But this one is not going to be five hours. We're gonna we're gonna Good. hit this one pretty fast. But first, before we get started on on the main topic we're gonna cover today, I want to give a little shout out to some people who have given uh, some iTunes review love to the Foolish Adventure Show, and nice. so I want to give some love back. So, first one, always great advice on the Foolish Adventure Show. Five stars from the Panama Kid. I love that. It says, uh, thanks for keeping me entertained and motivated. As always, great advice. Well, hopefully you have gotten great advice and you're taking action on that advice. Right. That's the bit. That's, that's Yeah, that, that's the real thing. Yeah. Okay, so this one's kind of cheating. This is from my friend Alyssa Doucette. She's going to be on an upcoming show uh, soon. It says, one of my favorites, five stars. Even on a slow traveling download speed, I make sure to keep up with the Foolish Adventure Show. Part inspiration, part practical knowledge, and a healthy dose of laughs and insight. It is always a foolishly delicious treat. All right. Nice. I'm, That's a nice one. I, I'm delicious. Yeah. Oh no, it's a show. Let's, uh, delicious. let's not delve too all deep right. into the delicious part of yourself and just move on, shall we? <laughs> all right, all right. Rock solid advice that goes down easy, man. You know that oh, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> it's oh, delicious and goes down easy. Tim, yes. Where are we going? Okay, with this? I'm thinking. I think I need some whiskey. <laughs> all right, uh, drop some ice cubes in there. Cool. I, I'm, I'm good with that. Five-star review by R. Cowlin. Tim Conley has an amazing ability to tell it like it is without sounding presumptuous, mean-spirited, or like a know-it-all. I don't know. I, I think I get that know-it-all thing quite a bit. <laughs> I think you do too, but, <laughs> but that's okay. You can be a know-it-all. That's fine. All right. He's a guru you imagine listening to while sitting on a surfboard gazing out at the Pacific Ocean, except instead of talking philosophical blather about the meaning of life, he's talking boots and nails, business strategy, and bringing it home with actionable, applicable tactics. Man, I like How that How much one. are you paying these people, Tim? Um, what happened? It's costing me a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I pay out quite a bit for reviews. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not above bribing. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you want, want to give a little love out to the Foolish Adventure Show, please give an iTunes reviews. It really does help bring the show up in, in the ratings in iTunes. And so please go do that. And if I see it in there, I'm going to give you a shout out on the show. So... 
How about we just jump into the main topic then? So what do we got going on, Mr. Woods? Well, well Tim, today we want to talk about the three business fundamentals. And you've had a, already had a conversation with Dan Norris about this. Uh, but you figure we, we might as well cover it here as well because uh, this could be something really good and something very useful for people who are not only just starting out, but even people who have been in business for a while. Uh, it's very easy to forget the fundamentals. I know myself, I tend to uh, pick up on the fundamentals and then want to move on quickly from there. But, you know, uh, you got to learn how to walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the fundamentals in everything are not sexy because yeah. nobody really cares. So they're like, oh, you know, let's just get on to the fun parts, right? Yeah, exactly. But the fundamentals, without them, you have a very weak business or, or a very weak skill set in anything. Mm. Yeah, I've been yeah. trying to teach my daughter how to play basketball and like, okay, let's dribble. And she's like, we've been dribbling for 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> when do we get to do the fun stuff? Like, well, <laughs> when you're capable of dribbling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got to be able to run and dribble the ball at the exact same time. There's yeah. so, so many things you have to be able to do to be able to actually play the game and enjoy the game. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. Yeah. That's so, so the business is the exact same way. It's like any other kind of skill set. Without yeah. the fundamentals, then you end up with a very unstable business. Well, the thing about that too is a lot of people forget. In order to be innovative, you got to have a strong foundation to actually innovate from. And I know we're going to touch on this with the three fundamentals, but at the all these push button solutions or the next big thing or the new thing or whatever it might be. All those things stem from the fundamentals. So if you know the fundamentals, all these other things you either figure out on your own or you don't need them, or at least I need to buy them from other people. Right, right. Yeah, because once you build up a lot of a lot of your skills, you can then it's mu it's much easier to build on top of those. So so let's jump into that first one. The the first one is your idea. Yeah. So I have people who come to me all the time, even clients that have paid me a lot of money, and they say I've got this idea. Yeah. Okay, so they, they start with this idea and there's usually two extremes. The one where they're trying to invent something, they want to be 100% unique before they ever get going on it. Yeah. And then the other side, the other extreme is that they just want to copy something else that's uh, successful, mm. not do something different from it, but just copy it. So and what's wrong with copying someone then? Like, isn't that a good way of starting or? No, no, it isn't. You can copy their basic business model. Yeah. But you have to differentiate yourself. There, there has to be okay. some reason why people would do business with you as opposed to someone else. So I've asked that question of clients like I've had clients in very boring industries like mm. uh, heating and air conditioning and plumbing and things right. like that. People stuff that like, oh, yeah, you know, you just buy those services. Well, right. how, do, how does a customer make a decision? And one of the questions I always ask those, those clients is, why would I buy from you instead mm. of one of these other people? Yeah. What differentiates you from them? You're just a copy of, of everyone else. When everybody's a copy of each other, it becomes a commodity, and then it goes down to who's the cheapest because you're all the same. And yeah. that's no way to build a lasting, successful business. It's really hard to have an enjoyable life when you're barely scraping by. And that happens when you're in a commodity-type business, when you're in a copycat business. So, well, okay. So if you're in a copycat business and a commodity, how, and I'm sure this is probably market-specific and niche-specific, but how can you 
what can you come up with that's going to differentiate you? Like, what can you, um, is there, is there a formula to cook that up or like, how do you actually figure that out? Well, some of the things come down to like industry specific. So yeah. uh, there was a story that I read ages ago about a plumbing company that realized mm. that one of the things that people wanted was a clean plumber. <laughs> okay. They wow. Okay. Because <laughs> they didn't want someone showing up, going into their house, climbing around, and they were dirty. Yeah. Butt cracks showing, you know, all the stereotypes, right? Nice. Nobody nice. wanted that. Nobody wanted somebody coming in smelling like cigarette smoke, covered yeah. in covered in grime, and they didn't want them in their house. Mm-hmm. So he differentiated himself just by saying, "My plumbers are going to show up clean." <laughs> Wow. And he was able to charge a higher price and get more business all because his plumbers were clean and guaranteed right. that they would be clean. And then that when they left your house, your place would still be clean. Still be clean. It's still fresh. So basically what, what I can extract from that is look at something in your market that's maybe undeserved or, or a need or, or annoyance or something that people are complaining about, but maybe no one is really solving. So that would be one way of finding uh, a way to differentiate yourself. Is that right? Does that sound about right? right? Yep. When yeah. I had my swimming pool company, I differentiated myself by making sure that everybody who showed up looked like a professional. Mm. And no, no one wore cut off shorts. No one wore ripped up shirts. No yeah. one wore stained shirts. Everyone showed up looking like a professional. Everybody had yeah. polo shirts with the logo on them. So you knew the person in your backyard mm. worked for the company because they they looked like they belonged in a company, a professional company. So mm. I was able to charge higher prices just because we were more professional than any of our co- uh, competition. We mm. did and, essentially the same things. And it's such an easy fix, like just being more professional, like how hard can that really be? <laughs> Hopefully it's not too hard, but you know, it just, it just, now that when you talk about this, it just seems like such an easy thing to do to come out with a way of, of being different. And I think it's probably going to come down to knowing your market and, and knowing what the, the pains and problems, needs and desires are, and then just kind of play on that and, and emphasize one of those things. Right, right. Uh, and I'll just say something quick on the people who want to invent. Okay, yeah. they want to invent a unique idea. And this one's really fast. It's really hard to invent something completely new. Mm. It's so much easier to find something that's in the market that people want solved and give them at least an innovation. Yeah. It not, it's not an invention. It's an innovation, something that already exists, and you come in with a different twist to it. Mm. And, it and that innovation could be something as simple as making sure you've got clean plumbers showing up at the house. Hmm. You know, it, it's an innovation. It's not. It's not a complete breakthrough. It just, yeah. it, but it's so different from what everyone else is doing that it seems like it's an invention. Right. Okay. Right. It seems kind of new and fresh. Yeah. Right. All right. So you basically what you're saying when it comes to your your business fundamentals and having ideas, it's not so much about come out with something completely new that no one has ever heard of before, uh, but rather. What from what I'm picking up from you is that you have your business or you start a business. It could be a copycat business, could be something that's a commodity, but then you find something in the market that is maybe underserved and unexploited, and you take it and like we you know with the whole clean plumbers thing, you take that and you, you emphasize it, and so like you said, all of a sudden it seems new, it seems fresh, uh, but really it's just what everyone has been wanting all along. Right. Right. Okay. What about coming up with ideas like? 
how what is what can you do if you're really if you're sitting down and and maybe you haven't even started yet but what if you are looking for ideas and trying to come up with ideas what's the best thing to target first i i have my own idea about it but i want to hear what you have to say tim yeah that that's another popular question yeah what should i do Right. And my usual answer, the the answer that I really would like to give is I have no idea. It's like, I don't know you. Yeah. So I, I have no idea what you're good at, what you've got, what kind of experience you already have, what yeah. your capacity for learning is, what your capacity for hard work is, yeah. whether or not you're super motivated, you got a lot of ambition. Where do you fit in the spectrum of all these different things? I don't know that. So I can't just tell you what to do. So I usually say the the answer that I usually give, and it's the best one that I've ever come up with, Mm. is I tell this to clients too. When they want me to help them make more money, I always say the first place you should look to make more money is where you're already making money. Hmm. Because it's so much easier to make money from something that you're already making money from. Yeah. So a lot of people who are employees and they're like, man, I hate my job. So that's the only thing that I make money from. Yeah. And like, I don't, so I don't want to do anything related to my job. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so maybe, maybe that's the case. But your employer thinks that you're valuable enough to pay you whatever you're getting paid mm. for certain skills. What mm-hmm. are those skills? And can those skills be transferred to someone else in maybe even a different market, a different type of thing that they would find valuable and pay you money for? Yeah. Okay. So, but what about this? And here's what I want to ask you too, if this is a good way of finding, because this is what I've been doing for a while. I just, I get into a market and I just try to find out what are the, like the top one, two, three, four, five questions and problems that people are having and then figure out a way of serving those questions. Is that a viable way of, of generating ideas? Does that work at all? Uh, yes, yes and no. Yes, yeah. yes, because if you've got the skill set to fulfill it, then it works. Yeah. But if yeah. you do not have the skill set to fulfill it, then it doesn't work. Because mm. you can okay. look around and see all kinds of problems. <laughs> right. You know, I, I can see problems in developing energy sources for a place like Arizona where we have all this sun. Like, yeah. obviously, we should have solar, but I don't <laughs> have the skill set to solve that problem. Sure. It's an easy problem to look at, mm. but not one that I have the skill set necessary to solve. All right. So basically, you want to try to match up your skill set with a market that matches it and then figure out what the what the issues are within that you could possibly solve based on what you know. Yes, or develop a skill. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I could learn more about solar. I could yeah. learn how to get solar into a single home. Mm. Okay, now I've got some skills because now I can get solar into another home. <laughs> and then yeah. if I've done it a few times, now I know how to get solar into multiple homes. And now I've built up a body of work that people go, man, that guy knows, uh, he knows about solar in Arizona. He can Mm. get this stuff done because you become known as someone who can get stuff done. And then more people come to you and say, can you do this too? Mm. And you're like, well, I've got a track record of being able to do this. I think I could go to that level and we're going to put solar in an entire town. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and who to go to? Yeah, right. Right. So, so it it becomes like that. Like, oh, yeah. you did an entire neighborhood before. Do you think you could do an entire town? Well, yeah, yeah I think so. You know, give <laughs> and, me the resources. I've got the skill set to do it. Right. Yeah. And the next step up to region and and state and and then the world is not too far off. <laughs> right. You know, depending upon your ambition and your capacity to work yeah. really hard. Mm. Right. You you have to have those things because some people may never make it past doing a handful of homes and putting solar mm. into a handful of homes. That's their ambition level. Mm. And they're like, God, oh, you know, that's what I like doing. I'm making a good living from it. I'm happy. Great. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So that that's why answering that question is, is so, di- you know, so difficult. Like, well, what do yeah. I do? And well, what are your skills? What are all these different things? Find those. And if you don't have the skill, but you have the passion, mm. develop the skill. Mm. Absolutely. Totally, totally, totally good, man. Uh, and we, we already started touching on it a little bit. We started getting into the whole idea of a market. And I think that's a second business fundamental. The first one being ideas and then the second one being market. Now, why is this so important, Tim? Why is, so, is a market so important for your business? I mean, it sounds obvious, but could you just introduce <laughs> that idea to us? <laughs> well, a market is, to, let's define it. A market is yeah. a conglomeration of people, and I would mm. say very loosely connected. They only have a certain thing in common, which mm. is they buy certain solutions to certain problems, or they buy certain fulfillment to certain desires. Okay. That's their common connection is that's mm. what they want that. And they may have a particular worldview that drives them that direction. But the overarching thing is that they buy certain things to solve certain problems. They, okay. they have these problems or they have these desires and they want them fulfilled. That makes them a market. Gotcha. Okay. Because they're actively trying to fulfill it. Yeah. So I was going to ask you that too. Like, even though, you know, you can group people into markets and you can segment them depending on anything from demographics to interest to psychology and so on. But in order for you to have a a functioning business, you need to find a viable market, I take it, right? Someone that uh, contains people who are interested in what you have to sell, but also who are willing to spend money on it, I'm assuming. I mean, that's got to be a huge part of it because even though you have, let's say, cat owners and they're all interested in all things cats, uh, only a certain segment of them are going to be interested in buying any particular one thing, and they're also going to be uh, willing to spend money on it. So, to me, it seems more important to find the people who are willing to spend money than necessarily know the whole market, if that makes any sense. Right, right. Yeah, a market is one that does fulfill those desires. They yeah. may not be spending money to do it. Yeah. So, you want the ones out of that market that will spend yeah. money to fulfill the desire or solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And just to tie that back, then to stand out, then going back to the first one, the idea, uh, which we already t- touched on, to differentiate yourself, just look for the um, you know the idea that's going to get you there, like the clean plumber, for example, right? Uh, and and the stuff in a market in the market where uh, something that's undeserved, and so that just. It, I see how those two things connect really well because a market then could also start giving you and generating ideas for you the longer you're in it because you start uncovering new stuff, new stuff come along, the markets change, things move around, people's attitudes and people's interests shift a bit. So to me, it seems like if you're in a market long enough, eventually that market will kind of generate ideas for you because you'll start picking up on things. And if you're in a feedback loop where you're in touch with your market and, and get that and are in touch with it and keep the, you know your finger on the pulse, uh, eventually, those ideas that you're looking for will kind of take care of themselves, or so it seems in a way. Right. 
That, and right. that, is, that is true. So that means you can't be lazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm done. <laughs> and you actually have to care about your market. Right, right. Because yep. if, you, if you're lazy and you don't care and or you don't care about your market, then you're not going to have your finger on your market's pulse and someone yeah. else is going to come in and innovate. They're going to differentiate themselves from you and you mm. are going to become the bottom player if you survive. Mm, so it's best not to do that. It's best to get involved with your market, to care about your market, and make sure you take care of them. Sounds good. And if you do take care of them, money will come, which kind of leads us on to the third one, finances. The oh, third yeah. fundamental. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is one of those things that doesn't really get talked about in the how to make money online thing, other than, hey, you can make lots of money online. Right. Yeah. That, that's pretty much all that's ever talked about. And, and you can do it for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, and it won't cost you a dime except to buy my two thousand dollar product <laughs> exactly. that uh, you won't understand. Yeah. But OK, uh, let, let's stop bagging on the Internet marketing crowd sure. Uh, sure. and and go into just businesses. Because yeah. I've worked with hundreds of businesses and I care about how businesses become sustainable because mm. a a successful, sustainable business helps out the owner, helps mm. out the, the family, the, the employees that, they, uh, that work in that company, Their, mm -hmm. and those families. It, it's a feeling. If you've never had employees, yeah. especially employees with families, you don't know the level of responsibility and, and also fulfillment Mm -hmm. that you can get as a business owner when you know that you're helping out the, uh, these people. It's like th this business, this entity that it was an idea that I had and I implemented it and now it takes care of people. Mm. Then not only that, it takes care of – it starts to – the bigger you get and, and the more you care, it starts taking care of communities. And, and those people who work in your company, they start giving into their communities the things that they're involved yeah. in. And, and it spreads. It builds. Your, yeah. your one little business actually has this huge impact. Mm. And you can't do that if you got crappy finances. <laughs> okay? You can't yeah. do it if you're not making a profit. You yeah, sure. can't have this impact if you don't know where your money's at, if mm. you don't know how to handle your money. If, if money's coming and going in your business and you don't know, odds mm. are you're going to fail just yeah. because you don't understand money. And finances are a big, a big issue. And it's one thing that's just not really talked about. You can go online, look in blogs, and you see a lot of personal stuff. And then if you look at like business finances, it's incomprehensible. Yeah. If you're totally. not an accountant or a financial advisor, maybe even, even if you're in a financial advisor, you may not understand what all these things mean. Hmm. Getting just a basic education on what accounts receivable are, what accounts payable are, uh, what cash flow is, yeah. what credit terms are, like mm. net, uh, net 30, net 60, what, what those things mean mm. uh, to your business. There's all these different things that you could know about finances, and you should go out and get a basic course in yeah. finances. Yeah. In business finances, how does it work? How do you keep track of it? How do you figure out your profit and loss? How do you determine your balance sheet? What mm. assets do you have? What liabilities do you have? 
if you don't know these things, it's really hard to understand your business. And that's those are just the basics. Right. Then we have right. metrics, right? <laughs> we, we've got to keep track of uh, how many clicks we got, how much those clicks cost, mm. and how many of those clicks converted into a sale. Well, did we make a profit? Mm. When we made the sale on this product, it costs us so much per click to get a sale. Yeah. Well, how much profit is there? Well, how much did it cost to build to make the product? If it's a digital product, we're in the information product world, you may have very low costs in delivering a product to a customer. Right, right. So, so you don't have to worry so much about that. But you do have to worry about merchant fees, processing yeah. fees, um, hosting fees, <laughs> uh, email fees. enough to fees, make anyone cry. <laughs> right? Uh, there's, there's all kinds of fees. Yeah. That, that go into running a business and you need to know, well, what was my profit on it? If you sell one product and at a hundred bucks, but you had $150 in business expenses like hosting and mm. say email and all, all this stuff and you make a hundred bucks, well, have you made a profit yet? No. Right. There you go. Yeah. Right. And that isn't even factoring in the cost of the advertising. So maybe it costs you $50 in clicks to get that one sale. Yeah. Right. So now you're even deeper in the hole. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you don't understand these things, it's going to be very difficult for you to build a successful business. Yeah, totally. So I, um, the stuff I started with, because all of this stuff, like it, you totally got to have your, your head wrapped around it, at least understand it. And hopefully also hire someone to do a lot of these things for you who are much smarter than you are about finances. But I just know for myself, for my own business, starting out, there were a few things, few key things that I focused on. And I don't know if that was right or wrong, but um, number one, obviously, was money in and money out. <laughs> that says itself, self-explanatory. Uh, but then the second thing was I only wanted to spend money on the stuff that was necessary Uh to get business, like not even because once they had a client, you know, obviously the cost involved is baked into the price and, and the client kind of pays for that stuff. But the other thing that I wanted to just focus on was how much money do I need to spend to get more business? And I guess with that, it's also tied into the whole idea of the lifetime value of a, of a customer, of a client. Uh, and then that kind of dictates a little bit of how much money you want to spend to get one of them. Right. Um, but starting out, are those like, are those two, three things, are are those enough or what else do you need if you're kind of just starting out with your business or is your business only a few years old? Okay, so I, I'm going to jump in here with a little rant against like the bloggers who blog about blogging, especially business <laughs> blogging, okay? Uh, sure. I, I'm kind of the an, uh, anti-blogging guy, not because right. I think it's a bad idea to be a blogger. Uh, yep. I think it's actually a good idea to be a blogger. It's just that Blogging by itself isn't a business. Yeah. And the reason that it's uh, that I get so upset is that a lot of the advice in this world, in this blogging about blogging world, is that you shouldn't worry about making any money for a mm. long time. Mm. Okay? And it's because it's so easy to get past the very low cost, the low cost nature mm. of starting an online business. Mm. So you can ignore real world fundamentals yeah. for a while. And it's really disappointing to watch someone who decided they were going to be a blogger hmm. blog for a year, try to do everything. I got I got some posts that went viral. I, I even built up a really big audience. I got like 30,000 yeah. people reading my blog. 
but yeah. I'm not making any money. Yeah. You know, I, I saw one, one site a few months back that did an income report. And I was really surprised because she had like, oh gosh, it was like 30, I think it was around 30 or 40,000 people came to her site that month. Mm. And her income for that month was under $1,000. I think it was four mm. or $500. Hmm. And it's like, I would only need a couple thousand people yeah. to make more than four, four or five hundred bucks. Yeah, totally. Because I focus on business issues. I focus on actually solving a market's problem. Yeah. So, uh, so somebody like that is going to say, you know, I had all these successes. Yeah. But I never made any money. I, I didn't make enough money to quit my job. I didn't make enough money to go live the life that I'm supposed to be able to live in this in this mm. internet world, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get that. It's because they they forget about you know real world things like your time is worth money. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Absolutely. you can trade your time for dollars. And if you're spending a year not finding out whether or not anyone is valuing your time, Hmm. then then you don't know if you've got a market or not. Right. See, even McDonald's values your time. They pay you a monthly wage. (laughs) Like any job values your time. So you should. So we should too. You know, even though it doesn't seem like uh, like you said, like blogging or whatever, doing an online business. I just don't forget that your time is valuable. That's that's key. And I've I've kind of made that realization myself the past six months. I think because I wasn't into the the same kind of thinking. Like I don't care if I spend you know X number of hours. You know, eventually it'll make me money. But looking back, it's like well, <laughs> those I don't know ten hours I spent on building something, and it only made me you know uh, a little bit of money. That turns out to like a, a buck an hour, which is not not good. You know, it's not it's not enough. <laughs> and it's not fun to make that realization either. <laughs> right, right. But there there is a difference between building skills, which is learning. Sure. sure. And, you know, you're building some active skills. It's yeah. like being in a vocational school, if you want to call it that, versus yeah. the hope and pray method of <laughs> I, I will write blog posts for a year and yeah. then maybe I'll have a business. And I think a lot of this advice is able to stay out there because it's a non-falsifiable argument that if you work for, if you blog for a year or two without worrying about the money, that the money's going to come mm. because there's just enough successes in it mm. to say that this actually works this way. Mm. So like the, the successes become stories and mm. the failures get ignored. Mm. Okay, so there's so many people who don't make it as a blogger with the hope and pray method versus what Dan Andrews of the Lifestyle Business Podcast, he calls it buy now blogging. Yeah. Is you go out and you solve a real world problem and you blog about that real world problem. Yeah. So maybe somebody can sit there, learn how to blog about doing pay-per-click marketing for an e-commerce store. Mm-hmm. That is a real-world problem that people will pay money to get solved. Mm. Absolutely. Okay? So you could start there and then eventually move into more about bigger e-commerce things or bigger concepts in online sure. business. Maybe you can move there. But if you just started yeah. out as, I'm going to do this general blog about online business. Yeah. If you started there and you don't have this whole track record of yeah. – all the things you've accomplished over the years, a, mm. b- a body of work, if you don't have that, you're just going to flounder. 
So start with something that you can solve. Or, you, or that you build the skills to be able to solve. And those, because those, those are things we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Right? The beginning of the show, that's what we talked about. And here we are in the finances section yeah. saying it again because yeah. it's, it's that important because that will make you money. Mm. It will alter your life. It will allow you to quit your job. It will allow you to support your family. It will allow you to do the things that you want to do in your life. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. Okay. So Boom. with that, I got a bonus one and it really goes, it goes to that, the concept of skills. Mm. So a lot of people ask that question like, well, what should I do? And should I be able to do it without knowing anything? Hmm. And that, that's a, a lazy person's question. Like, I, I, I want to do something amazing, but I don't want to work for it. How can, yeah. I, how can I get there without, any, without <laughs> anything? I don't have any skills. Yeah. I don't have anything. How can I be, how can I be super successful? Mm. And you can't. Yeah. Okay? And no skills, no differentiator. You're not going to succeed. Yeah. To succeed in business, you need an unfair advantage. You need some way to compete against the other people in a market because there's other people selling to the people you want to sell to. They may not be selling the same kind of products. Maybe they don't, they don't have the right solution for the problem that people have, but it's enough of a solution that people will accept it and pay money for it. Mm. But you have an idea to create the right solution at the right price yet you don't have the skills for it, you don't have mm. the knowledge for it, then you don't have an unfair advantage. Mm. So you need to have this. You need to have knowledge that others don't have. You need to have skills that others don't have mm. for you to be able to become a success. So if you're in the startup world, you're wanting to go out there and create something new, then get the knowledge, get yeah. the skills to be able to do it, and then you're going to succeed. Yeah. Solid. Absolutely solid. That, that would have saved me about a few months a couple of years ago when I started. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, better now than never, right? Right. And, and the thousands of people that hear this that are in that yeah. same situation, that's what I'm hoping to prevent. Is I, I hope to prevent people from spending a year of their life yeah. hoping that they're going to change their lives and change their family's lives, mm. just sitting there praying that it's going to happen. When in reality, it's like, here, build these skills, save yourself a lot of time. Within three months, within six months, you're going to be making money. Within a year, you're probably going to be profitable. Within a couple of years, you might even be able to quit your job. Right, right. Yeah, totally. And that's not a hope and pray model. That is a, this is how you can get this stuff done model. <laughs> get it done. That's it. <laughs> Make it a reality. It's basically what it comes down to doing the stuff that matters and, and, and implementing and, and creating something real. Because a lot of times the stuff you do online, a lot of it has an air of, you know, unicorns and, and rainbows and clouds. It just seems, it, it doesn't seem real because it's not exactly tangible all the time. Uh, and because a lot of it is not tangible, that also means that expectations tend to be out of out of this world too, <laughs> and right. more, more of a dream world uh, expectation rather than actual reality. Um, but it's good, solid stuff. Boom. 
All right. All right. I've got one more thing that I, that I want to do. One more thing. Just one yeah. more. All right. Okay. <laughs> Wait, <it's> this, more. <laughs> okay. I had heard about this from the AdSense flippers guys, and they found this thing called, I think it's called SpeakPipe. And yep. I put it on my website. So on Foolish Adventure, you can find it. It's over there on the right-hand column. And it's, a, you know, it's like, leave us a message. Okay, cool. go over there, click on it. You can speak through your headset mic or whatever mic that's on your computer. You can leave a message for us and ask a question. Uh, leave a comment. Say, give me a funny joke. I don't, I don't care. So I, I did get a couple messages already on it. Awesome. One of which was a, hey, I'm just testing this thing out kind of thing. And <laughs> the other one, I'm going to play right now and then answer that question. Awesome. Hi Tim, this is Chris Trinkiewicz from Poland. I just wanted to say you do an awesome job with Foolish Adventure and it's inspiring to me, actionable and entertaining, so keep up the great work. I actually have a question for you, it's regarding your free product approach. I was wondering which of the free products would you say to market below blog, below blog posts? I was thinking of putting the totally free one next to the paid one to make the user choose if he's ready to buy or not yet, but uh, I'm not sure if this is the correct approach. Uh, so I'd greatly appreci appreciate your view on this. Uh, all the best, Tim. Thanks. All right, Chris. First, thanks for listening to the show, and I'm glad you're getting a lot of value out of it. You know, we've exchanged some uh, some dialogue on Facebook, so anyone who isn't on Facebook, jump on Facebook. Uh, we have a, the Foolish Adventure a Facebook page. Go in there. I, I interact with anyone who's got questions there, too. But, Chris, on the three-product approach, yeah, there are some things about the three-product approach that aren't really that clear, but this idea that you have of actually having the a free thing and a paid thing all advertised at, say, the bottom of a blog post and letting the user decide. I'm not too sure that that's the best decision because the more things that you have for people to do, the less they will do. Mm. I would probably just get them on my list, get, get somebody on my email list first, and then I can give them marketing messages about the thing to buy. I can then also have a blog post all about just buying that particular product, explaining it, uh, teaching people how to use it. It makes it a little easier for them to buy. Okay. Yeah. With that said, my true answer to all these kind of questions, because it's the only one that actually gives us any real knowledge, and that's test it. I was going to jump in and say it before you did, kind of <laughs> hijacking, but yeah, you're, but you're right. Testing is uh, the key. Absolutely. Yeah, because I can, I can guess what's going to be more successful. Yeah. But the only thing that's going to give us true knowledge is actually testing our ideas in the real world with real people uh, doing real actions on our site. Absolutely. So it's just a matter of setting up an A and B, a -B split testing and, and see you know, which option is going to produce the best results. That's what I'm talking about. Done. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Chris, for leaving a message. Anyone else, uh, go on there. You'll see it on the Foolish Adventure site. Click on it. Leave us a message. We'll answer your questions. And until the next time, enjoy your Foolish Adventure. You've just listened to the Foolish Adventure Show with Tim Conley. To get more straight talk about making money online and building a successful internet business, go to foolishadventure.com. 
There, you can opt into the Freedom File newsletter. You'll also get access to the Foolish Guide to Launching Products video training module, over an hour and 20 minutes of business building knowledge that can generate tens of thousands of dollars for your new product. Enjoy your foolish adventure.